A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, ho, ho! <laughs> Hello. I don't think that was my best ho, ho, ho. No, do it again. Well, I won't, and I'll tell you why. I've been struggling, and this is why the podcast is uh, is is a day late. My glands have been up. And they have. In my neck. Mm. Have you found yourself in the past couple of years combining any symptom you have with the word COVID on a Google search? <laughs> haven't we all <laughs> literally everything every time any twinge any pain any slight ailment but i know what the symptoms of covid are they told us yeah but now you have to do like the slight ailment plus omicron yes to find out you know if it's is it part of the new one yeah we um we did a live show for our succession podcast on sunday mm-hmm. just gone mm and I really enjoyed it. I did sing on stage, which, with hindsight, might might have been a mistake. Okay. I want. I tell you what. I'll, t- I'll tell Annabelle what I sang, and I'll tell you. But, but I'll just say, just in case you are either not caught up on Succession or you're planning on um, watching it and you just haven't yet, then fast forward the next thirty seconds just while I tell her what I did. Mm-hmm. So we had an interval, mm. and then um, for the second half. I just got the sound guy to fade the music to silence. I walked up onto the stage alone where there was a microphone stand and then he started playing Billy Joel's Honesty and (laughs) 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 sang the first couple of lines like Kendall at the rehearsal for his uh, 40th birthday party. Oh, I love that. Well, I'll be honest, it wasn't quite as good as you might be picturing. Not that my singing was good, but I I didn't really know the words, so I had to scribble them down (laughs) on a piece of paper which was next to my feet. Oh, okay. I was looking at my feet a lot. Mm. Anyway, um, why did I mention that? Oh, yeah, so we did this thing on Sunday, which I was in two minds about because of the Omicron. Mm. But then I thought, <sighs> people can make their own minds up, can't they? It's allowed. Yep. People can make yep. their own yep, minds yep, up. Yep. And and maybe there are people out there. You know, when when parents take their kids to a chicken pox spreader party, 
Mm. I thought maybe people are going to treat it like that. Really? I don't know. I don't think anybody. I don't think anyone's treating it like that. But it's nice that you thought of those people. <laughs> I want to be clear here. I wasn't treating it like that. No, no. Um. So yeah. So that. So that was fun. Um. And th- anyway, yeah. My, my glands. My glands have been up. And last night, which is when we should have recorded the podcast, I was in agony, Annabelle. You couldn't even speak, could you? Couldn't speak. Couldn't swallow. It's not my throat. It's like it's there in my neck. It's his glands. They've come down a bit today, mm. but I can feel they're on the rise again. Oh dear. But I've I've done extensive googling, and it doesn't appear to be COVID related. Nor does it appear to be uh, anything potentially fatal. So, okay. I think, no, here, here we are. Um. So so yeah. Apologies for podcast being late, and this is our last adrift prior to Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we're in a festive mood. Yep. You might not be able to tell it by me whinging about my glands for the past three <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but there you go. Um, also, we're doing it remotely just to be on the safe side, mm. which means I can't give you your Christmas gift. Oh, we'll have to do a New Year exchange. I know that's what we'll do. That's what I think. So I've got it just here. Um I'm looking at Annabelle down the the webcam. I've I've got it just mm. down here, out of shot. I won't pick it mm. up and show it to you. Um, it is all wrapped up. It's lovely, but I've I've got it just here. Right. But we'll 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 do it in the new year. Okay. But it's definitely there. You're starting to think that maybe you haven't bought it no, yet. No, no, it's definitely down there. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> Get it out. Show me. I'm not thinking. Oh, thank God that we're doing it remotely. <laughs> that buys me two weeks. I don't even have need to think about it until the January sales. I'm not thinking that. <laughs> I'm definitely not thinking it's okay. there. It's you, don't have to, you don't have to get me one. I do, I do. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to get me one though. Okay. I am th- I'm so behind on my gift buying that I am considering the nuclear option. You were, What do you mean the nuclear option? Like making a donation to charity on people's behalf. Oh, <laughs> that's like the nuclear option. Yeah. That's the button you press when, when, when yeah. it's, you can't salvage it. Yeah. You were saying to me, asking before about advice on what to get for Sarah. And I looked at the date and I thought, wow, 10, 10 days, 10 days to go, Jeff. I know, but we've got all next, all next week is a working week. Christmas falls on a Saturday. Oh, is it on the Saturday? Okay. Is it Christmas day on the Saturday? I didn't even know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I received the other day through the post the most lavish box of chocolates and chocolate products from somebody that I do some work for. Mm. It was really, I mean, from a high-end, posh West London chocolatier. Oh, really? Lovely. It's probably artisanal. I'm th- I think it was artisanal. Sounds like it was. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's caused me a problem which is it's difficult to justify buying a tub of quality straight now oh and that's the classic christmas now sarah obviously grew up in america where the quality street aren't a thing and there's other i think and she's also a bit of a snob with it so, chocolate isn't she yeah. yeah um so she always hated the idea of having this quality street tub in the house anyway she's barely to- tolerated it in previous years and I really felt like by by buying it and by having it, I'm scoring a point in the ongoing war of attrition that is a marriage. Felt like it was 
point to me getting quality street in the house mm. but i can't i can't do it now can i you get some roses i always feel that's like the one up well this is interesting i think it's one down oh how interesting okay <laughs> all right put these chocolates in order of poshness oh, please ready? i love this yeah ready yeah. for this yeah. quality street roses yeah, yeah. celebrations miniature yeah. heroes yeah matchmakers yeah and after eights Okay, poshness. So do you after- want to start poshest or least posh? Yeah, I'll go poshest after eights. Yeah. Followed by roses. Followed by quality street. Yeah. No. Yeah, followed by matchmakers. Followed by miniature heroes. Followed by celebrations. Interesting. Mm. I feel like we have similar opinions, but um, the, we're a bit we're quite a way apart on the detail. So, after eight, number one, we're both yeah. very classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you went round to, um, I don't know, Princess Michael of Kent's house, mm-hmm. maybe that's what's coming out after dinner. Or a Bendix, but yeah. Well, I know, but I didn't want to start introducing Bendix mints into because now we're into a whole other realm, aren't yeah. we? That's, yeah, yeah. Maybe, artisanal. Maybe, maybe she, she, maybe she wasn't the. Well, I don't even know about artisanal. It's not like, a joke. It's, it's like aristocratic, isn't it? <laughs> I've got three boxes in my fridge because they're on special offer at the moment. <laughs> they're only three pound fifty. So, so that's why I deliberately left them out. But so, so we got okay, after eight there at the top of the tray. Mm. I. It is difficult, Quality Street versus Roses. I feel quite firmly that Roses is ahead, but when I when I initially introduced the topic, I I was I was sure I was right about um, Quality Street, but now that I look at your list, I'm going to concede Roses at number two. Thank you, thank you very much. I'm not entirely sure about bumping Matchmakers down to fourth place, though. I wasn't. Then, then, then maybe should have been second. Okay, let's 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 um, let's get a consensus. Let's put matchmakers second, then roses, yeah. then quality yeah. straight. Yeah, and and then I I strongly feel that miniature heroes are, are at the bottom of the pile. Okay, to be honest, I couldn't quite remember which was which, so I just put them in a random order. I just think it's a more low rent name. Mm-mm, you're right, Min- miniature heroes. <laughs> heroes. Yeah, celebrations. Okay, yeah, I, I I will agree with that. It's close, but okay. There we have the definitive list of mm. chocolates, uh, posh to least posh. After eight number it. one, mm. matchmakers, roses, quality street, celebrations, and miniature heroes. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I'm glad we've reached a consensus. That appears to be the uh, first few minutes of the podcast. That went on longer than I was intending it to do. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Shall we hear from the drifters? Let's. First of all, from Sarah. I was visiting my non-drifter friend's house last week. She is in the middle of renovating her bathroom and thus there was a plumber in to do some work. Her kids were home from school and were running around and screaming loudly. My friend asked the plumber if he had children. When he applied that he did not, she apologised for all the noise and he said, not a problem, and went back to work. About 15 minutes later, my friend's youngest daughter had an epic meltdown, a tantrum of enormous proportions, screaming and throwing herself on the floor because my friend had refused her a snack so close to supper. 
As the plumber walked by the hysterical child, my friend said, I bet you're really glad you don't have kids now. And to my utter horror, he replied, my wife and I tried to have kids for six years, actually. My Mm. friend just responded with, I'm so sorry to hear that. And then (laughs) continued on with her day. Oh, my goodness. What is the term for a drifter who sees a non-drifter do something socially horrifying and feels as if they've done it themselves? Because let me tell you, I've been on the brink of sending a card with a heartfelt lengthy apology, along with a gift of some kind to that plumber. I've heard his words every night before I go to sleep since that day. And I'm willing to bet my friend would have to be reminded of the incident because she's such a non-drifter that she's probably not thought about it since. It's vicarious drifting. Yeah, I think we can get some more on Drifting this. by proxy. W- witnessing the worst moments ever that they don't, they just bat away and don't seem to care about. I have to say, as somebody who had fertility issues, I do think it's a bit of a dick move to say, yeah, actually, my <laughs> wife and I, uh, we struggled to have kids for six years. Uh, Bottle it up. <laughs> true, true. Like, that's just yeah. what people say, isn't it? Oh, I bet you're glad you not had kids. Mm-hmm. Don't tell the truth. Don't yeah. talk about your pain. Bottle it up. And yeah, you know, co- co- cover everything with with nice, slightly awkward, semi humorous small talk. It was a buzzkill, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Don't kill the buzz. <laughs> I mean, if possible, stay away from the buzz. Yeah, you've yeah. No... If you're there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't kill. Don't kill <laughs> Next one's from Andrew. As an unexpected consequence of wearing both a face mask and noise cancelling headphones, is that the luck? Sorry, I've just, I completely misread that. I'm going to start again. An unexpected consequence of wearing both a face mask and noise cancelling headphones is that the line between thinking and speaking out loud seems to become dangerously blurred for me. I will often find myself replying to a podcast out loud. But the worst moment so <laughs> far has been when I was in Tesco looking at the lunchtime meal deals. I saw they now included a microwave toasty in their main options. I knew this was likely to be underwhelming compared to a real toasty, but I did really fancy a toasty. So I picked it up, stared at it and out loud said, look, I'm taking a chance on you. Don't let me down. (laughs) Realising this had been heard by the people around me, I scurried away as quickly as possible. And this same week, some new people moved into our building. I've not met them, but as I was coming home, they were waving at me enthusiastically from their window. So I smiled and waved back, except they were actually just cleaning their windows. (laughs) (laughs) There's no option now. We're moving. Okay, we're moving anyway. And I have never been more grateful. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And the last one, this is a festive one from Lieutenant Colonel Colin. Many years ago, I worked in a team of about seven people at the Internet Bank Egg. They decided we should do a secret Santa and hand out the gifts at our Christmas meal. Within the team, I got on quite well with a few of them, but there was one person I didn't particularly know or have anything in common with and generally felt quite awkward around. They did the draw in our team meeting with the rule that we go round one at a time and if you picked yourself out, you put it back and swap it. I was second to last and when it got to me... I pulled a name out, took a look, and sure enough, it was the person I barely knew. I had no idea what to get this person. And because the gifts would be handed over at the meal, I got it into my head that everyone would confess who they got presents for. And then they'd all be wondering why I bought something weird for this person. In a moment of panic, I said, oh, I've got my own name, put it back and pulled out the last one. For a brief second, I thought I was a genius. 
And then I opened it up and realised I'd now picked my own name. (laughs) Oh, God. Why hadn't I just stuck with this other person? How on earth could I go to a meal and give myself a gift? When they all say who they'd got, they'd find out I picked myself. And instead of saying anything, I tried to hide it by buying myself a gift. And what if they'd remembered I'd swapped my name? They'd ask me who I was snubbing and why. I felt utterly panicked. Then wide awake in the middle of the night, (laughs) I thought of a way out of it. I bought the other person a present anyway. And on the day of the meal, they got two gifts and I didn't get one. I made the organiser feel terrible for quite clearly cocking up the names and missing me out, but writing down the other name twice. I told them it didn't matter, but I could tell they felt really bad. I guiltily accepted free drinks from them when they insisted on making up for their mistake. I accepted their apology through the night and the following week and well into the new year. And for months, I laughed along with the banter from other people about whether this person knew who I was, whether they knew I was a member of the team. But at least I didn't have to admit what I'd done. I'm an awful human being. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for those. Thank you for all the stories this year. Funny old time. Yes. Funny old time, isn't it, when you start thinking back on the year. But um, here we are. What are we into now, Annabelle? Are we into like our fifth year of Adrift? Oh, 17, 18, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Goodness um, me. And That's why that took so long. <laughs> no, no. It's <laughs> painful, wasn't it? me looking at my fingers. <laughs> One, two. Um, and we really, you know... It, it, we're really you know, constantly astounded at the stuff you send to us. Long may it continue. The email mm. address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. All right, Hamble. You, t- you take a sip of that there. What have you got Ooh, in there? What have you got in there? Milk? Glass of milk? <laughs> yeah, I'm having a lovely glass of warm milk. No, <laughs> it's water. It's so weird, like, watching um, the Get Back, the Beatles thing, to watch grown, grown men drinking milk. Do they drink milk in it? Yeah, but I think people just would drink milk back then. Oh, really? Yeah. I not <laughs> no, no, you weren't around in the 60s. <laughs> But they just plucking out of a milk bottle. Yeah, I do think like people to to drink a glass of milk was uh, a much more common thing in right. our childhood than it is now, right? Mm, I, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, um, well, so, sorry for uh, wait. I was trying to buy you a bit of time where you swallowed whatever would you say. Oh, water, thank you. Water was it? Water, just plain water. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Room temperature. Yeah. It's good temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on the room. Um, are you going to give us a way, another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? I am. I'm going to talk about Christmas, which will be annoying for anyone who's behind and listening to this in the summer. <laughs> I feel like I, I very much overreact when my son is watching a cartoon and it's on autoplay, like one after the other, and one comes on that is Christmas themed and it's not December. Like I make him skip it and watch the next one. Well, you, you've, got a little phobia, you've got a little phobia to do with that, haven't you? Well, I just, I don't like Christmas carols outside of Christmas, but these, they, they very rarely have any Christmas singing in them. Or maybe, maybe it's my fear that they will. Maybe that's what it's connected to. What is because that fear? Oh, didn't Bad something luck. awful happen? Like you put your hand yeah. through Yeah. Yeah, I had this tambourine that I'd got for the uh, Tarantella ballet dance where you have to do a dance about dying from a tarantula bite. And um, and I was playing it in the summer and I was singing Good King Wenceslas 
and my hand went through it. But I think I've learned since that it is bad luck, and I and I and I proved it. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that you know, I think we could probably ask for many, many, many instances of people singing it and not putting their hands through anything or mm, mm. suffering similar fates. But anyway, let's not I get bogged down. I wouldn't down. want anyone to risk it. Yeah. No. So anyway, it just feels really wrong for me. Oh, and we were watching Ted Lasso last night, which oh, yeah. has been out been out for ages. And it was the, the episode we'd happened to got to in season two was a Christmas episode. Coincidentally, it is Christmas, but I would not have been able to watch it if it was September, for example. Really? Yes. I would just I would think this is wrong. This feels so wrong to be watching people in Santa hats with snow and eating turkey. And, and they played a bit of that Pogue song. And I, I would have felt that was so wrong. How do you feel about... So, for example, I know that you watched Succession this week. Mm. They were in Tuscany under the summer sun. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) But isn't that just the inverse? I I very much see the point you're making. And (laughs) you've proved this illogical. But yeah, no, that's totally fine. It's just Christmas I can't handle. So sorry for anyone listening in the future who feels the same way as me. Maybe not many people. But Christmas and the way I'm not a fully functioning adult. Every time I get a little bit excited about something Christmassy, whether it be my son opening presents or mulled wine around a log fire or singing O Come All Ye Faithful and doing the descant on O Come, there's a voice in me that goes, you pathetic. Like I'm just one step away from becoming that man, Mr. Christmas, who has decorations up all year round and eats Christmas dinner every day. Does he still do that? I I have to admit I didn't check. (laughs) <laughs> it was like a perennial story in the Daily Mirror, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wish that I could be excitedly doing my it's Christmas so bleak. shopping. Do you not think they're so bleak, those people? Well, you do wonder what's behind it. It's not good. Mm. I, mean, I think it's nice that they've found somewhere to put their pain that looks festive, but I do think it's coming from a place of deep pain. Yeah, because well, where else could it be coming from? <laughs> It can't be coming from a place of deep joy. (laughs) I just just really wish that I could excitedly do my Christmas shopping in November and put my tree up on December the 1st and book tickets for carol concerts and festive theatrical productions and just enjoy it. And I'll have this awful little voice in my head going, oh, you're pathetic, getting carried away like the rest of them. (laughs) (laughs) So you think you're better than the rest of them? No. Well, that's what's implied. I'm worse than the rest of them. No, but you don't want to. You you think they're pathetic. Because they're getting carried away. And and if you you do that, then you're you're no better than that. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. It's terrible. It's it's a very bad part of me. I don't know whether to blame my parents because yeah, probably they your were... <laughs> no, they were into Christmas in some respects. Like you literally couldn't see the white of the ceiling because my dad put so many decorations up. And let me tell you, these were not classy decorations. We're talking very basic paper chains. And when they were taken down in January, the room looked so bare. It was like we were now living in a safe house. <laughs> Maybe it's from school. Nativity play. Like if you go to an all-girls school, which I did, in the 80s, which I did, there is no better way to find out if you're the pretty girl or not than the gender of the role you get in the nativity <laughs> play. Because there's only one explicitly female role in the whole play. Like it's all a bit Garrett Club, a bit Freemasons. And the one pretty girl gets to play Mary. And she was invariably blonde, so I was always jealous. I think maybe some of this bitterness mm. comes from here. Not that I want to be Mary, though, of course, because I don't like how she's defined by her sexual experience in a way that Joseph is not. 
Like, had he done it before? Like, we don't know. Why don't we know? I want to know if he's the Virgin Joseph or the Dirty Boy Joseph, so I can call him that. Because <laughs> those are the only two things you can be. <laughs> that says a lot about me. Mm. The serial monogamist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of also irritated by Father Christmas because I think Father is a bit overly formal. <laughs> And weirdly, my dad, who is one of the least formal people I know and wears shorts from February to November, he refers to himself as father and grandfather, even though none of us have ever called him that ever. And yet he still persists. When he calls up, it's it's your father and cards are signed from father. <laughs> what do you call yourself? Dad. Dad. I mean, I like such authority that at the moment, I would say 15% of the time, Gene calls me Jeff. Okay, yeah. And not, not going with Pops or Pa or Papa. Papa, I like Papa Jeff. That's nice. Like mm. Papa Smurf. Mm, mm. Yeah. Mm, anyway. I went, I went to pick him up from a school the other day. Mm. And as I entered the playground, he, he they sit them outside because of COVID and they're just waiting there for you. And um, he didn't know I was there because I was behind some other parents. And he was just sat on a stone chanting, where's big fat dad? Where's oh, big God. fat dad? Oh, my God. Why was he calling you that? I don't know. That's not, I'd definitely go with Papa over big yeah, fat dad. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I'm also very uncomfortable with a sexy Santa. Like Santa's mm. for kids. Like this to me would be like dressing up as a sexy marshal from Paw Patrol. <laughs> and I'll finish on that image while I work on my issues about being better than everyone else. Happy <laughs> Christmas. And sorry if it's me. <laughs> I'll tell you what's creepy. Mm. The song Santa Baby. Santa Baby coming down the chimney. What's creepy about it? I don't know. It's uh, Firstly, it's a, there's almost like a babyish way that anybody singing that song sings it. Mm-hmm. And then Santa's this old dude with a white beard. Mm. And you know that she's playing him just for the material presence. <laughs> you know, she's not that interested. She's not into him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, yes, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Since you have um, admitted something, I think, a bit dark about yourself, Mm. let me give you one. Mm. So it was Jean's concert, Christmas concert the other day. Yeah. And as it happened, we didn't get to go because it was supposed to be outside because of the the pandemic and then on the day it was happening there was this storm um so we we uh we didn't get and we were really looking forward to it right we just like because we um the, we didn't get to go last year on his first year in reception and we were so disappointed 
Now, I happen to know that their class sang two songs. One of them, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm-hmm. It's a great song, isn't it? Love it. The other one, and I was so pleased, by the way, when he came home and said he was uh, going to be singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because I thought that is a banger. Last year, they sang some weird song about being moles. Mm. I'm not sure if it was co- composed especially, but oh. got to be honest, wasn't great. The the other song that he came home singing, I, w- I was a little perturbed by. Oh, go on. What was it? It was, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Okay. Okay. Now. I increasingly, as I get older even, I think I could be a bit daft about this kind of thing when I get younger, but I did, I, if, if someone's religious, they're religious. Great, mm-hmm, good for them. Mm-hmm, Whatever mm-hmm. gets you through the night, it's all right. Yeah. Um, but I have made a choice not to send my son to uh, to uh, like a C of E school or a Catholic school. It's a non-religious school. So I found myself like getting a bit het up thinking... Well, this is a bit weird. Why is he coming home singing uh, about Jesus Christ being born? And um, I, I'm not sure about this. Has he, has he got a religious teacher who's trying to sneak this in? What, what's going on here? And I eventually caught myself and thought, oh, Jeff, you're being ridiculous. When I remembered that just a few weeks earlier, he'd been doing Diwali at school and he came home telling me about some Hindu story of Diwali and what, what what's behind it, and I could not have been more thrilled. <laughs> right, <laughs> like we okay. were out somewhere and he was pointing some Diwali things out and I wanted to make sure that uh, everyone heard him. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, right. God, I, I'm pathetic, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm exactly that person who would be so thrilled that his son is going to a multicultural school and learning about all the different cultures. And yet, how dare they? How dare they use the word Christ in relation to Christmas? <laughs> what is wrong with me? It's so pathetic. It's really pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. And then, then a, you know, another trait that I, and I think maybe some other people share this as well. Like I'll go to karaoke with a bunch of people. Maybe somebody will choose... A, uh, a, a hip-hop record that has a bunch of foul and perhaps even misogynistic lyrics and I'll be mouthing along with them. Mm. And yet, if I have to go to a christening or a wedding or something like that in a church, <laughs> I'm not closing my eyes or saying, oh, man, oh, no. <laughs> it's so pathetic. Yeah, it's yeah. so pathetic. Did you Sorry. manage to recall the email you sent to the school complaining about it then? <laughs> um, we um, we got a Christmas tree. Mm. We went to the forest, Jean and I, with an axe. And, uh, <laughs> no, we w- went to the place. And for th- this, this is the first year where I got them to deliver it. Right, because, rather than carry it on your shoulder. Well, in previous years, we've had a pram. Oh, you put it in the pram. Yeah, because right. yeah. I, I can't carry a Christmas tree. And like Sarah and I can't Laurel and Hardy a Christmas tree. So I got them to deliver it and I paid the extra tenner to have them put it up because the amount of arguing we've done over the years about whether it's straight or not, I thought, oh, right. how great to be able to take that off the, off the table completely. So, mm. that, so that's what mm. we did. So these two young men came round on the night, Sarah was out and they, they put the tree up. Number one, they were so charismatic 
I wanted to be their friend. Oh, really? Yeah. They were both just out of university. Just just, just great. I wish, wish I'd got their number. <laughs> sure, they would have given you text the right them, number. Seen how it's going, and uh, <laughs> text them. <laughs> they probably don't even have text on their phone. I could have been like the funds to their <laughs> oh, <God>. Richie <laughs> and Ralph or Potsy. But secondly, I'm sure, um, sure they like that reference too. <laughs> <laughs> secondly, they um, they 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 took a picture of it, and I thought, oh, oh this is nice. They must be really proud of it. But mm. part of the job is they have to take a picture of the tree. So that mm. if there are any complaints about whether it's um, about whether they put it up straight or not, then they can show the picture. This is how we left it. Oh, so there's there obviously they got to a stage where there were a lot of complaints, and that was the solution. Yeah, mm. but then when that was explained to me, I was I sort of regretted getting in the picture and giving a big thumbs up oh. <laughs> and doing the call me <laughs> sign with my other hand. <laughs> There's a similar thing going on with them, um, and you probably don't have this way where you are, but um, have you heard of this thing, Uber Eats? Yeah, it's very funny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like your little jokes. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Can you get anything on them where you live? I think Tom actually got something once. Wow. Yeah. From, from the one place that you have. <laughs> yeah. Um. But they they have started now. It's quite weird. When they drop food off, they want to take a photograph of the food having arrived. Okay. A bit like parcel companies do when they drop something on your doorstep. Yeah, I've noticed they've started doing that, yeah. But I think this is inherently a lot weirder when it's somebody answering the door. Mm, mm. Because you end up posing with a bag of takeaway. But I thought when when it's happened to me before with deliveries and they've wanted to take a photo still, they've taken a photo of it just in my hands. Like I haven't I haven't felt that my face has been in it. Oh, Annabelle, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, do you think that's a diss? Yes, yes, very much so, yeah. Right, right. So how much are you posing for these photos then? Yeah, I've got a variety I've got a variety of different different poses, different facial do, expressions. Do you do your hair? Yeah. I mean there's been a couple of times when I've said, Oh, could you just take another one? <laughs> you haven't. Take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I um years ago. I don't know if I can tell this story because it's it's nothing to be proud of. In fact, I feel a bit of shame about it. But let's get it out there. Go on then. I used to work in a music shop, which one of our departments was hiring out PA equipment and lighting for parties. Mm-hmm. And if People took stuff over a certain value. We mm-hmm. used to have to. T- we used to have a Polaroid camera in the shop that we'd take a picture of them. In 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 the um, you know, in case that they scarpered with all this expensive kit, then we'd have something to give to the police to <laughs> as a lead. Right, a Polaroid picture. Yeah. Find this crook. Yeah, which uh, I mean, I'm sounding mm. even more ancient than when I describe myself as being the funds to those guys. Yeah. But um, this is the bit I'm not proud of. Oh, okay. I used to, there was a, a lad called Mike who was my best friend who I worked in the shop with. And if it was somebody that we thought the other one would find particularly attractive, mm. we'd make sure that we took a picture of them. And if they'd come in with somebody else, for example, their husband mm. or partner, We'd we'd make them stand separately. 
No. Oh, we need to get two separate pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should feel ashamed. I do do feel ashamed. Mm. I mean, I I think... um, But I think there's also something quite sweet. I mean, I know it's creepy. It's definitely creepy. Mm. And I apologise. I mean, we're past the statute of limitations. I think we're talking ni- 1988, 89 here. But, right, I, you right. know, I to to any of the people involved. But it does feel like something from another age, a 15-year-old boy behind the counter oh. of a shop taking yeah. Polaroids of, um, like, Polaroid pictures of um, ladies that his friend might find attractive. It feels like something from all pr- pretty much Victorian times. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bo- actually it wasn't a Polaroid. It was a box brownie camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, it wasn't a camera. It was a, a, an easel. <laughs> I did charcoal drawings of them. <laughs> Quandary corner at the Glatt Clinic here in Problematic. Mm-hmm. I did what I believe is called a shout out for festive quandaries. Oh. And we've got quite a few, so um, we'll do two, and then maybe if we've got time, we'll do a third. Okay, I tell you what, I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna switch into pacey mode. I'm let, great. Okay, I'm let's focused. Do this. I'm ready to throw a bit of energy at this. First one is from Anon. I have an anonymous question for the Glatt Clinic about presents. I am trying to curb my consumerism, and though I'm not a minimalist, I try to only bring things into my house that are useful and beautiful, to misquote the old William Morris adage. Every year around my birthday and Christmas, I really struggle with asking for presents, so I started making a birthday present list. These are often things that I've seen in little independent shops throughout the year that I know would make a good gift to myself and can be easily purchased on a website, or they are practical items that will help me with one of my varied hobbies. So essentially, these are things I both want and need. The issue with these two categories is that they are either more expensive than the standard gift stuff. Thinking about the independent shops, I particularly like well-made, ethical or design-led products. Or they are perceived to be boring, i.e. I ask for a bendy lamp that I can wear around my neck to help me darn socks in the evening. Something I really enjoy doing and find relaxing. I know who this is from. You don't. It says anonymous, but I know it's from Father Mackenzie. (laughs) <laughs> Father Mackenzie. <laughs> Darning his socks in the night when there's nobody there. Oh, Father Mackenzie, trying to cover up his identity. <laughs> I try to split my present list by cost so that when a particular person asks me what I'd like, I can guess what their budget might be and give them an item that suits it. Most of the time, they are more than happy to buy the specific item. However, my mother-in-law is particularly difficult about this. She asked me specifically what I would like. I can't believe that, I, that word was twice in rapid I ha- succession. I hate there. a non. But when I tell her, she either refuses on the grounds that the item is too boring or she'll buy a cheaper imitation of the item and oh, then oh. lump a load of extra stuff in with it to make it look bigger and therefore to her more impressive. So I often end up with something that I either can't use or don't want or a load of extra filler to try and find a suitable home for. She also doesn't like gift vouchers. I think because you can see exactly what she paid, which is sort of fair enough. She is very much a quantity over quality person. What should I do? I feel like I've pushed myself out of my comfort zone by acknowledging some sort of boundary at the outset, which she initially agrees to and then completely ignores. Do I just have to brush it off for the rest of my life and live with the guilt of unnecessarily 
unnecessary consumerism on my behalf or am I just being an unbearable snob? Thank you in advance. I think you don't have to just brush it off. I mean, you could always get divorced. Oh, yeah, then the mother-in-law won't be an issue any longer. Mm. Yes. Or is there some other way of estranging yourself without jeopardising your marriage? It's hard. Yeah. I've given it a lot of thought and... uh, Yeah. I don't think my my opinion is this mother in law is not going to change. Yes, I can I tell. I can tell who she is. Yes, yes, I, know I think who we all can. Is. It's very. We clear, all know. We yeah. all feel like we know her, and I think we all know deep down this is not a woman who plans to change in her in our lifetimes in her lifetime. So, I think you've got little choice really, just to suck it up. That's all you can do. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really feel that this is a mission for your spouse. Ah, but also we we are kind of getting into the territory of how you know how how much can you dictate what your present is? Yes, I, I think it's fine to be helpful and say if people ask you what you want to be helpful and say I'd like this. But beyond that, I'm not sure you can you can do much else. I don't know. I mean, I've I've got a funny relationship with that, like. A lot of people, maybe even most people I know, would rather tell people what they want and then just have them buy it for them. Mm. But it it really feels one step away from saying, can I have £7.99? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, no. You're just helping them out and getting something you want. But, but I, you really are helping them out because it is an effort trying to buy someone something. Oh, it's you know awful. Like. It's awful. But But I've talked before on the podcast about how... I am deeply grateful for every present I receive and I don't want almost any of them. I just right. wish they weren't in my house. Yeah. But I feel feel gratitude. But what I really but I don't want to tell people what to get me. What I really want is for them to express their love and friendship for me in a a considerate way that perfectly marries who the, who they are and who I am in gift form. <laughs> so that's all I want. The 20 friends and yes, 20 family yes, members. Yes, yes, yeah. You know, I think that's kind of what gift, to, to me, that's what gift giving is. Mm, mm, mm. And you should start in November to, be, to well, find the time for well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to start around now, which um, yes, doesn't yes. make that process easy. Mm. Oh, I don't know, Annabelle. But I think I think we've kind of agreed, though, that she just has to suck it up. Like, if she can get her partner to do something about it, but otherwise, you just have to you suck kn- it up. I'll, I'll be like, I, this is this is difficult, but you're going to need to speak to your, your mother on my behalf. Or otherwise, the charity shops will benefit in the new year. So there's always that. There is that, isn't there? Like, if, if, if she's going to fuel that culture of rampant consumerism anyway... Mm. then you might as well uh, have your local branch of... Um... Do you know what? I can't... I've choked trying to think which charity shop to say. Oh, because you wanted to pick the one that you you support. Yeah, so the first one I... <laughs> the first one that came into my mind, I don't think it's called that anymore. Then the right. next one I thought of... I've got it in the back of my head that there might have been an issue with them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right. Um, and then I thought of those charity shops that Mary Portas opened, but we had our own reasons to be cheerful. And I've got to be honest, I I, um, I found her a little abrasive. Okay. 
what I'm finding amazing is that it's quite clear from everything you're saying that not only was the first one you thought of not Oxfam, it wasn't your second or your third one. Like, that's everyone's first thought, Oxfam. You think so, do you? Yeah. Right. Not All right. You, well, um, okay. Well, um, are, we, are we done with that one? I believe so. Let's move on. Okay. To His Royal Highness Joseph Gorsi. What is the etiquette when you receive a Christmas card addressed to someone else, but with your address on it, when it doesn't have a sender's address on the outside, e.g. for a previous owner who you don't have a forwarding address for? Do you open it up to see if there's some sort of address inside, put it back in the post box with a not at this address written on the envelope, or heartlessly put it in the paper recycling? I think he's missed a fourth option. But I'd put the card up to make myself look more popular. But so far, I've only got two. There's only ten days to go. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, so I think the honest answer is you inte- you write um, no longer at this address on the envelope, mm. and but then never we're... then never get round to taking it to the post box and, uh, and you and throw it away at some point in yeah. January, maybe even February. There's, there's no point putting it in the recycle in putting it in the post box if there's not a return address yeah what the post office gonna do exactly they like get some forensic detectives on the case like <laughs> start fingerprinting it and like oh, no no yeah yeah i okay. think you have to open it definitely yes see if there's an address inside money inside see if there's money inside if there's an unusual name that you could then google that might be helpful it's a lot though isn't it mm-hmm but, but anyway, I don't, I don't. I don't want somebody who lived in my house six six owners ago creating admin for me, possibly from beyond the grave. Ah, oh, yes. So you're yeah. telling me that's what you would do? <laughs> you'd, you'd be on the hunt. <laughs> you'd be checking no. the census. No, I would just I would just put it up to make myself look more popular, and then in the recycling bin at the end of the yeah, year. There we go. Well, we, we, okay. I think it's, we're all heading for the same place. Be it you putting it up, me writing mm. no longer at this address, and then not doing anything with it, or the mm. post office. Yeah, we're all putting it in the bin. Exactly, that's where it's all ending up. Yeah, yeah. I got time for quick to do one more quick one. Yeah, then. yeah, very happy. This to, is from yeah. Nathaniel. I have a present-related quandary. A couple of months ago, my daughter's friend's mum got a new job and was unable to do school pickup. We offered to help out and now take her two children for a couple of hours every Friday. We are more than happy to do so. It's a fun play date for our daughter. My quandary is thus. I have the feeling, as they are nice people and very grateful, that they may get us a Christmas present as a thank you. Now, we are not anywhere near close enough for gift giving in normal circumstances, but should we get them a gift just in case they get one for us? Or does that negate the nice gesture they'd be making as it would be more a thank you present than a Christmas present? To give or not to give, what is the answer? It's just occurred to me that I wish I was a classy enough person to have an emergency gift in my house at all times. Oh, people do that, don't they? Yeah, I've heard of this. What a, what a great what a great thing that would be. So useful. Why don't you get a tub of Quality Street, or oh. if you're feeling flashed, some uh, yeah. some after eights? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if these people are aristocrats, then some experiments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and have them ready to go. Mm. But I see what you. But um, and then, 
if this if this doesn't come to pass, you can just eat them. I. But I no, don't think this this isn't the issue. I'm, I'm, it's, the issue is about it being a thank. So if somebody gives you a thank you gift, then reciprocating in some way diminishes their thanks yes. because you've reduced it to the level of a Christmas gift. What he definitely shouldn't do is get them a gift and give it to them before they've given theirs in case they haven't because that is horrific because you're doing them a favour and you're giving them a present and they don't have one. That's the biggest no-no. I think if you're going to give one, it has to be something like like chocolate that um, a perishable is given good. afterwards. A perishable good. Or, or offer them a drink or a bottle of wine, any, something like that. But I don't. I personally don't think you need to give it even one. But the big question here is: Is this hypothetical gift that they'll be receiving? Mm. Is it a thank you gift or is it a Christmas gift or is it going to be sort of uncomfortably bundled into one thing? Because if it, it is, it, that's it where the, that's, yeah, that that's the problem. It's a thank you and it's Christmas. Okay, here's what, I, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, I don't think you need to give them a Christmas present in return. <sighs> you need three gifts in your house. Of course, of varying values, like a, a baby bear, a mummy bear, and a daddy bear gift. Right. In this example, the daddy bear is the biggest, but some t- sometimes, um, yeah, smaller gentlemen like a taller lady. Yep, yep. yep. The we mummies can to, be Amazonian. The, we the dads can be Corbettesque. Okay. You base what you give them. On what you receive, and you go one size down. Well, like one one value size down from what they've uh, given you. I could, oh, and I've and we've got you this just as a small little something. Yeah, yeah, this is a little something. And so you judge. So, so if they get you, them, if they get you a big thing, you give them the medium thing. Yeah, if they get yeah. you a medium thing, you give them the small thing. If they give yeah. you a small thing, you keep the your you keep your small thing for yourself. And let's just work through this. Yeah. Is it okay? to open the present and then go, oh, right, I'll go and get yours now. You don't have to go and get theirs first and then open no, them. No, 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 no. Fine, no. fine, yeah, fine. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the solution then. It's quite complicated, <laughs> but there you go. And that was our podcast for this year. So, um, Annabelle, you're, you're always good at working this out. When, when's the next one, then? The next podcast? Yeah. Uh, first week of Jan. Okay, so we will be back on either uh, on the 5th of January. We'll record yep. on the 4th, and then you'll yep. get it on the 5th, as long as my glands stay down. Mm. Or as long as there isn't some kind of terrible technical incident. Mm-hmm. Not lucky couple of weeks, haven't we? But um, yeah, so thank you for listening, and uh, thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music, and to uh, Emily Harrison for the incidental music, and to Carla Gowlett for the photos, and Kim Rainey for our artwork, and most of all, I, I sort of said this before, but thank you to you for listening. It's been everybody had a hard year to to uh, uh, to quote um, an old poet, but. We really appreciate you continuing to, uh, to to lend us your ears week in, week out. Honestly, like it really means something. And, uh, you know, every now and again, even after all this time, we'll get a nice message and 
it, it really means something. So thank you. How are you doing with this sincerity, Annabelle? Oh, I'm, I'm with you totally. I thought my earnestness was making you uncomfortable. No, I'm totally with you. Um, but we, we really appreciate it. So thank you. And sorry, I'm going a bit. Oh, it's, it's other stuff. It's underlying stuff. Yes. Um, but um, shall I say something? <laughs> shall I do sincere? I think, would you like well, to hear that? I think it would make you uncomfortable, wouldn't it? I mean, if you'd like, you know, you 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 can have the floor if you want it. But I'm guessing that you don't. No, no, of course not. But yeah, no, it's best if I don't say anything. Yeah, but it's, it's too awkward when I try and be sincere. Yeah, it's awkward when I try it, but you know, some somebody's got to, haven't they? Mm. Um, but yeah, I hope, I hope you get. Um, some time with your family uh, or whoever your chosen family is if it's not your uh, you know not the one you were born into I hope you've got your people and uh, and yeah Merry Christmas to those who celebrate Merry Festivus for the rest of us and um, Happy New Year and I, I'm, I'm taking a chance on you so, so don't let me down that was a reference to the Tesco meal deal. <laughs> that wasn't more sincerity. <laughs> Hello, Jeff and Annabelle from San Francisco, California. Hello. 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 I'd like to request a memorial podication for my dear friend Amy. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, no disrespect, Meg, but... Uh, yep, yep. You know, there's some stuff that's a bit too close to the surface for me to, to read this one, so... Right, okay. I'd like to request a memorial podication for my dear friend Amy. It was going to be a celebratory surprise podication for the holidays... But sadly, she died recently at age 50. She was private about her illness, but not about her love for music and fashion. I know she'd be really tickled to be mentioned on your podcast. And because of that, this is a happy podication. She first introduced me to you through the Pete and Jeff show on Virgin Radio. Thank goodness for the Internet. And we both followed you ever since now on this podcast she and I both came of age in the heights of 80s music and Amy and I worked together as graphic designers in the aughts in the San Francisco area. She was our office DJ and introduced me to so many bands and artists I'd maybe never know about if not for her. While I moved on from that job, we still often got together for the terrific live music in San Francisco clubs and venues. I'm a drifter by nature, not b- but because of her, I got to see some amazing live shows. Through the years, she was a super fan of Roxy Music, Queen, Spandau Ballet, Duran Duran, Peter Weller, Stereophonics, Keen, so many more. And we were able to actually see some of them when they came through San Francisco on tour. I'm going to be thinking of Amy literally every day as the music we both loved is always close at hand. She treated us with homemade pizzelles, 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 every Christmas. She introduced me to Chicken Tikka. She loved her Doc Martin boots and was always doting on her lovebird. The most recent ones were called Aussie and then Bogey. I had intended to get her a mug chat mug for Christmas this year, but now I will get one and keep that myself and think of her with each sip. 
and I will not share that mug with anyone else. So Amy, this message is for you and I hope it finds its way through the universe so you know we're thinking of you and will always love you, our friend, Meg. Lovely, isn't it? Terribly sad. Bazzelli's, by the way, are sort of, um, Um, I think like Italian... uh, Italian waffle cookies. Oh. I googled it, but um, <laughs> okay, Pizzelli's. Oh God, I'm uh, I'm uh, in floods here. It's brutal. It's hard. Yes. Well, that that was uh, you know it's desperately sad to hear, but really beautiful as well. Like it's just. People find each other. I love the story of their friendship. Yeah. It was lovely. And that's, uh, I don't know, I'm sort of torn between like stopping now um, because that that is like a really poignant, beautiful moment and and feeling that we just need to kind of shift the energy a little bit to to finish for for the holidays. But, Mm. you know, but... Amy wouldn't want us. Maybe she would. I mean, it doesn't sound like she would, but I sometimes think if I wasn't here, I would want people being very, really mawkish and sobbing and, you know, getting all into you know, the, 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 the pain of life without me. So I don't know. I can't speak for Amy, but assuming she wasn't like that, let's, um, mm-hmm. let's enjoy that for what it was, which was like a celebration of a friendship. Yes. And of a friend. And isn't that, isn't that what, uh, God, can you, ever, can you hear me trying to pretend like I'm not crying? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that what it's all about, Annabelle? What's it all Ooh, about? Sometimes, all about. sometimes say, what's it all about? This is what it's all about. So, so there, there we go. go. This is Ramey. Merry Christmas. And um, we'll see you in... What year is it next? 2022? <laughs> Should old one. acquaintance be forgotten all that? Mm. So uh, so there you go. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And Amy, across the universe, we salute you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.